0: Happy New Year and welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host Will Chernoff and this episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound. I just popped in there to say hi to Anthony Santorini. He's the owner and engineer. I've recorded all my music with him since 2019 and you should record yours with him too in 2023. Go to 12thstreet.ca slash rcp to learn more about what Anthony's cooked up for you. The listener of this show, you can get a great deal If you contact Anthony at 12thst.ca slash RCP, happy music making in 2023.
1: I want to do things that feel unfamiliar. I want to do things that musically are reaching for something that is not comfortable, you know, that leads us to things that we didn't even know that we were capable of doing.
0: All right, we're very excited to be back on the RCP here in a brand new year. Just wanted to let you know that my first gig of the year is at Tyrant Studios on Friday, January 27th, 2023 with my trio, Francis Henson on guitar, me on electric bass, Carson Toro on drums. Tickets are available right now, even though it's coming up real soon. Find the link in the description and I would love to see you there. Our first all new guest of the year up next. Our guest today is a piano player who's been based in Vancouver over the last handful of years, but he's also spent time in Toronto and he's currently based in New York. I'm catching him here while he's home for the holidays and cramming quite a lot of gigs into just a couple weeks. And not only that, but he recorded an upcoming album for seller Music called Night and Day. That's the provisional title that we're <laughs> revealing for the first time ever here, even though uh if the title ends up changing, don't hold it against us. But that's uh what he and Corey Weeds are planning on calling the album right now. He recorded mm-hmm. it with Jody Prosnick on bass and Nick Bracewell on drums. Please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast,
1: Noah Franch Nolan. Hey. Uh yeah, thank you for having me, Will. Uh yeah, yeah. Thanks for is, being here. Awesome. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Uh I am this is day two of chilling a little bit <laughs> yeah
0: because you recorded where are we now we're on Tuesday so you recorded yeah. this past weekend this is January 10th we're recording yeah. about two weeks for release so you recorded on like the 7th and the 8th yeah yeah,
1: yeah. uh 6th and 7th I believe seventh. okay nice yeah yeah and then um yeah. And, and I have a really hard time remembering things that happened in the day. So I <laughs> I, I feel like I had something on Sunday. Oh yeah. I had uh, a service that I played at Brentwood and, um, and then did some teaching. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, today is a nice relaxed day. Uh, and then there's a few more performances, but yeah.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate you making time to come out to New West and chat with me. That's a lot of fun. I want to start off with Ben Frost because Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time I've ever had this happen where this guest played on the previous guest's album, Pixies by Ben Frost Quartet. You played with Ben with Eli and Millie, yeah, and we talked about that project. And you said you listened to it too, but yeah. I got a lot of Ben's thoughts around his project. But mm-hmm. what was your feeling of that whole project and participating? How did it go for you?
1: Yeah, well, it went really well. Uh, you know, I've listened to the record, and I really enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Um, it was, so I guess there's two main things. Firstly, you know, Ben as an artist and a composer and a, and a trumpeter, um, I've always, uh, truly admired Ben as a musician. Um, I find him to be, uh, incredibly lyrical and, um, and he finds very unique musical ideas to explore in his compositions and his playing. There's, there's this really interesting balance between things that can feel angular and things that can feel very lyrical and that are informed by, um, more contemporary musical practices and, and more, you know, um, traditional musical practices. So I find that I find it incredibly inspiring to just play his music. Um, and his tunes are these gems uh as a pianist there's there's something really special to try to dig into his music um um specifically regarding how to you know how to um properly voice behind the melody uh oh. you know like i i spent some time just really digging into the tunes uh trying to figure out okay what what's the best voicing to play behind this part of the melody and and you know trying to just work around these intricate movements that occur and beautiful melodicism so so there was that aspect that was awesome and then working with millie and eli was incredible (laughs) because i had never played with them oh yeah (laughs) um and they are such a tight so rhythm good. section, right? They they play um so well together and they're so um yeah, together. And then I um just had a blast playing with, with their time feel. Uh there th- you know, Millie is incredibly driving. She just drives the music in such an incredible and exciting way. And Eli plays these beautiful counter lines, you know. Um, so it, it was just, yeah, it was incredibly enjoyable. And then Dave Sekula, who is an incredible, you know, sound engineer and guitarist and, you know, does so many things. Um, he's just great to work with. So he created a great vibe at Monarch. So, yeah, that I'd say that was my <laughs> yeah. experience with that.
0: Yeah, well, it turned out phenomenally he captured a group of people and a a time in his life too and it was it was really cool to hear him talk about that right Mm -hmm. and you were roommates right
1: yes we were um yeah yeah that was awesome i uh i'm very uh grateful for uh the time that we were roommates it was (laughs) a a good time good time yeah
0: (laughs) yeah we're gonna jump around all over the place but one thing that covers everything is that you just are in so many groups with so many excellent people and Mm. you, you get all these very stimulating very productive opportunities to work with these people and i've seen you in a whole bunch of configurations we'll talk about some of those groups but since you just kind of broke down playing with that rhythm section of eli and millie yeah and recording with dave there's there's other wonderful musicians Mm -hmm. who we can talk about too and those are the people that you just recorded night Mm -hmm. and day with right you recorded with jody and nick and of course you've been playing with them you are the band RagaVerse with strati romani right so yeah you have that experience playing with that rhythm section so yeah you so eloquently described what it felt like to play with uh, eli and millie mm. i'm wondering if you can jump right from there into some feelings about what it's been like to play with jody and nick over the yeah. last year plus
1: yeah well um the first <laughs> i know it's not easy <laughs> no well well it is because they're so awesome Yeah. So. <laughs> um uh um so okay for uh i should start off by just saying that you know um Rogaverse, which is really the focal point that brought us all together yeah um it well yeah it brought us together right emotionally musically you know we've we sort of feel like a fam like we talk about how you know we feel like a family they they feel like my family you know uh you know my my musical family and my extended family yeah. you know obviously I have my you know direct family <laughs> but but um but um so so Ragaverse brought us all together and we can like talk about that but you asked about Jody and, and Nick so um the first thing is that Jody and Nick are like two peas in a pot. that's what I always tell myself and tell others like they they are so hilarious together just as as individuals <laughs> they they just um are awesome they're such a great vibe and i I'm sure you can relate to this like a happy rhythm section makes a you know a happy band you know Absolutely. and 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 um you know, it's it's inevitable that they will be happy together, <laughs> <laughs> and you too, right? Yes, that's it. I love being around them. So, so you know, one thing that I've thought about a lot is just how like the the relationship is core. You know, that's that's the most important thing um, is feeling connected to the people that you're playing music with from a personal level, because um, that allows. Uh, vulnerability. And, and we can only, you know, reach to new musical places if we're being vulnerable and taking chances with one another. And in order to do that, we need to feel comfortable and trust one another. So um, uh, I have the utmost trust in Jody and Nick. Um, uh, They are, um, you know, such incredible musicians who are well versed in um in the technical aspects of playing their instruments the history you know of of um of the music that we're dealing with you know black american music um and and improvise various types of improvised styles you know um and um and they are willing to take chances and um and they really uh complement one another in a way that um Nick loves to Nick is is very spontaneous uh in a great way. Um he will throw things at us uh not <laughs> literally. <laughs> he won't pick stuff Musically, up and throw it at you while you're sitting together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 um i like to, yeah mm. i like to say that uh well actually one thing that i always think about is how you know playing music is like being a kid and throwing stuff in a in a in a sort of like a sandbox you know that's how i like to stuff feel is it being um, thrown around you is that no is that we're idea? all throwing you're stuff all at, okay, i like to throw together stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i, yeah, like, I know what you do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love to throw spontaneous stuff and and so does nick and so does jody um Uh, Jody as well has such a a grounding time feel oh yeah you know if anything goes off kilter um because you know it's inevitable that um that happens when uh people are taking risks and 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 you know and uh taking chances in the in the music which I really want in my bands um or in my you know Musical making contexts. Um, uh, When that's happened, when that happens, yeah, there's gonna be moments where things get thrown off, and then it's about finding it back together, you know, as an ensemble. And um, I uh, and Jody (laughs) Jody certainly uh, knows how to uh, ground ground the music, and also just I mean Jody has such a such a you know I spoke about Ben's lyrical. Um, capabilities, and I I believe that Jody as well, you know, she'll always find the most beautiful melody to play um, on changes, no matter how complex they may be. Um, And yeah, finally, I'll say that, you know, I'm aware that uh, the music that we recorded and that we played um, uh, requires concentration, requires practice. Um, and, uh, and I trusted them to, to do that and they did. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just incredibly positive and, and in the end, the music feels light. There's this lightness to playing with Jody and Nick. There's, I know Jody's mentioned like nimbleness. Um, oh, that's a good word. Yeah. yeah, And, um, and so yeah, there's this nimble lightness to the way we play together, and we can go, you know, we can play hard, you know, we can really bring it if but but there's always this lightness that feels great. Um uh and it leads to never feeling tired after playing, you know. Uh I was I I was I felt like an hour had passed by when we did the two recording session days. Um and uh like
0: the whole thing just flew by yeah, yeah
1: everything was just so easy and um felt so good and made me feel so happy um so um it's just a blast it's like hanging out with friends you know uh yeah 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 huh well it is hanging out with friends it right? is yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it is and, and they're throwing stuff yeah, at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you shouted out <laughs> while we're
0: there you shouted out uh dave too for um, yes uh when you recorded Pixies with mm-hmm. Ben. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's it like working with uh Sheldon, mm. the engineer there? Yeah. Because uh he's doing so much stuff with Cellar. I haven't really talked to him much yet or met him, but yeah. his name keeps appearing on all the yeah. all the seller music
1: recordings. So what's it like working with him? Sheldon is uh yeah, he's incredible. You know, um we're lucky to have very incredible sound engineers in Vancouver. I mean, I don't know, you know, many of them. I've only encountered some, but Dave is incredible. Sheldon is equally incredible. Um, and uh, he is um, uh, just a blast uh, to work with because uh, I think he's um, he's very focused. He's got great ears. Um, he's very efficient and he's a joy to be around. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, it's great. He's, he's going to be sending me the, um, takes today. And so I'll get to, you know, do my edits and send them to him and, and, you know, I, we work very quickly and, and, and together and, and, uh, I just really loved working with him. I mean, I only worked with him for two days, you know, and and I'll be working with him remotely for the next little while doing edits and mixing and mastering together. So, um, but I'm incredibly uh, looking forward to that time. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's how this works for those who haven't done it, who haven't like started producing an album with seller or whatever, basically the label they want the final masters, right? So even if you're going to put out an album on seller, you're going to work with the mixing engineer and the mastering engineer on getting that stuff done. It's not like they're doing that all for mm-hmm. you, no. And yeah. You wouldn't want them to do it all no. for you because you want to be involved. It's yeah. part of
1: your vision, right? Yeah. 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 There's a sound. There's there are various sounds that have come up in the you know history of piano trio recordings, and and there are sounds that I'm am hoping to achieve um so i'm hoping to yeah work some stuff out with sheldon you know whatever it is get the little bit of reverb in there and i don't know you know we'll figure it out but he, he knows that stuff much more than i do <laughs> yeah yeah you know what you
0: want and he knows how to implement it and that's yeah. what you need then you're rolling yeah yeah you were gracious enough to let me privately hear two tracks yeah Um, based on what I remember from listening to them this morning, Mm -hmm. um, one of them was very light in Mm -hmm. the sense that you said, and one of them was more hard-hitting and Mm -hmm. much more kind of post boffy and a little bit more intense. The Mm -hmm. light one was like in G, I think. Yeah. And then the hard-hitting one was in like B-flat or E-flat minor. Yeah, had like a lot of B-flat pedaling and it was really heavy. Yeah. Um,
1: What are those two tunes? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so you heard Family Tree, which is the light one. Yeah, and then you heard Lighthouse, um, which is the heavy one, which I think I've heard you play live. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you have, Um,
0: but I don't think I heard you play the other one live.
1: No, that is a new one that I wrote for this record. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, the music that I wrote for this record, there are there are well, I should say first of all, all, you know, uh, the record consists of originals and two, um two arrangements of, of, of standards. Hence the night and day, right? That's the it. title, yeah. Night and day, and there's kind of, uh, uh, I do this um, sort of hidden away version of Darn That Dream. At first, it's un, it's not recognizable, but then slowly you start to see that it's it's Darn That it's Dream. It's because it's all
0: improvising at the beginning of the arrangement or something?
1: Yeah, I sort of, I mask the melody. Um, I sort of caught on this relationship of fourths that occurs in the melody, and I messed around with it and reharmonized it. And, um, so I sort of masked it that way. And then once we get into the bridge, it's clear that we're dealing with the bridge of, of darn that dream. Oh yeah. Yeah. The last day I sort of weave the original melody or segments of it with this new sort of little thing that I did. So, but, um, but so the music that I wrote, uh, recently for this record, um, I tried to write, um, music that was, um, melodic. Um, uh, so that, that still had maybe some com- complexity to it because I like to explore, uh, rhythmic or harmonic, um, or even melodic complexities in my music, uh, but still felt simple and melodic and approachable, you know? so, so, Family Tree is is that it's it's a song that is um uh really grounded in the melody, you know. Um and and yet it goes many places as you heard. Um uh and then Lighthouse, that is one that I wrote a while back. Um and uh and that one's actually now uh dedicated to Jody, you know. Jody and I have spoken about the idea of like of, um how young musicians need a need a lighthouse you know like somebody to help guide them through <laughs> the storm <laughs> oh nice yeah no that's a good yeah okay you know? I gotcha and and jody is one of those people you know uh um i kind of gave a big a, a big dedication at at the frankie's show preceding the the recording dates um and uh but, yeah, so that song is dedicated to her. So she opens it up, actually, with a bass solo, which isn't in what you saw because we tracked it separately just for ease of of, yeah. of uh, album uh, editing. Um, so it's a big bass solo that is epic and sounds amazing. Nice. Um, and then it goes into that, and then there's a drum solo. and But it's heavy hitting, you know, it, and... Uh, uh, and, and we play it fast because it, it has a sense of urgency. It does. Yeah. Yeah. In the way that, like, McCoy Tyner does. Yeah. 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 And I, I'd say the urgency is just reflective of, of the feeling of wanting to express to, you know, to other musicians, like, don't give up. You know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And, and, uh, and if you can do it, Try to do it because it's incredibly fulfilling, but it's not easy. So don't give up. You know, yeah. <laughs> and you got this. And so there's that's where the urgency comes from. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't get a chance to hear your most recent show at Frankie's, which was on Thursday, January fifth, yeah. if I recall, before the the night before you went that's to it. go record. Yeah. But I heard you play at Frankie's last year, mm. and one of the things I remember from that set is that you pretty much played. You dedicated every tune mm-hmm. to somebody, yeah, every single tune that you played you you made a point of saying yeah. who it was for or or who the the emotion of the material was mm-hmm. for, which I thought was was really great, you know,
1: yeah, yeah it, uh I more and more I find that uh, that's just how I write, like uh the music that I write uh is informed by my relationships um and and so. Uh, and I'm also not the best at coming up with song titles. (laughs) So it's easy for me to just say, well, this is for this person, but, but I mean, it's not a cop out. It's truly because, um, I, yeah, I do feel like, um, my music is, yeah, a reflection of my relationships. I totally dig that. I've always
0: felt that way. I identify with that and what I see you do. Mm. Yeah. Going back to, um, to Jody's, uh role Mm -hmm. sort of and the 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 strength of the collaboration that that you've been having um what can you bring out here and relay what's or what story have you got about what was the very first time that you collaborated with
1: Mm. jody or where did that actually begin Mm. okay so well Um, The first time that I interacted with Jody was um, as a TA when I was, I don't know, 19 um, uh, for uh, the VSO Summer Jazz Camp. Um, And um, that had a huge impact on me um, because I saw what um, true leadership community building in a musical community looks like through how she organized the whole thing. So, and I, I, I remember, you know, I, I kept, I carried that with me ever since um, to the point that I remember, you know, during the uh, um, yeah, during, during the pandemic lockdowns, um, I would think about uh, you know, things that were valuable to me, I was teaching. So during, during the lockdowns, I would just, I was just teaching online, like all day, you know, cause we were all just trying to find work, you know, yeah. trying to get by. Um, and so, so I was thinking a lot about teaching uh, because that's literally, uh, all I did was teach and write during, during those lockdowns um, and go for short walks. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and so I thought about Jody. Uh, And I thought, if there's somebody that I would like to work with at at just like within a pedagogical context, within like a musical education context, if there's somebody I believe in who could lead properly lead a musical community uh, in like a school context, it's her. Um, So uh, the way she carries herself, the way she carried herself and organized and led a community when I was 19 years old at that workshop stuck with me and and has stuck with me forever so um that was my first experience with with Jody yeah nice yeah
0: yeah I think we're I think you're maybe like a year younger than me so this Mm. was
1: like five-ish years
0: ago or maybe a little bit more probably right Yeah. yeah yeah something like that nice yeah yeah so that's a decent amount of time that you've been yeah and I know that you also appeared you contributed to the Ostara project album in in a certain way right like on one track right Yeah I yeah.
1: I co I co-arranged with Jody Jody had written the meat Jody had written the tune and then she she wrote the meat of the arrangement you know and I went in and I sort of fleshed it out essentially but and throughout the entire process um I would you know relay back to her and ask her is this what you're feeling and she would say yes or no and we'd go back and forth so that that was that was my role in the tune storms and oceans yeah yeah
0: and then for your album that you're going to drop this year is this mm-hmm. the first time that you've been so involved in the production and the release of an album like yeah. not just your own but any i mean you maybe you've played on other people's recordings yeah. here and there but is this the first time you really experienced the whole process
1: yeah i'd say so i've yeah, I've I've played on a few records now. Um one record that actually isn't released yet, but I did a bunch of arranging for as well for somebody in Toronto. Um and um uh I I had one record it was super DIY with with Harrison Argatov. Have you come across him?
0: Yeah, Ben and I talked about him. Yes. I yeah. I, okay. I I hope to uh I hope to meet him, but I'm pretty sure we've never actually met. Okay, so yeah. he's
1: he's awesome. When we were in school together, we we found out that there were uh, students in the Masters in Recording Arts program at U of T who needed uh, exp- like work experience hours um, to graduate. And that's um, where you were. You were in the Masters Jazz at U of T, not Masters. We I, we were in the Bachelor's program. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, but they. But there were master's students in the recording arts program who needed to record students. And it was free. You could record with them for free. So you'd go into this little studio in, the, in this one building and, um, and uh, yeah, it was all free. It was awesome. So um, we would go in there at like 11 p.m. or something and record until 2 a.m. And we did that. <laughs> like every Friday or something for oh, a wow. week, yeah. And we made this record called "Dreaming." Here's the still, um, uh, which is a duo record, just Harrison and I of of our our original compositions. Um, but that that came out in 2018. Oh
0: wow, I think. I've listened to that, but I haven't oh, listened yeah. to it since. I got to go back and check okay. that out again. But I, I remember listening to that. But so this is a difference between you and Ben. Obviously, Ben did Cap, and mm-hmm. him and I started at the same time there, and we met there. Yeah. He graduated from Cap, but you did your undergrad at U of T. Yeah. Ben came to do masters.
1: Yeah, there. and I yeah. met him when he was doing that, and yeah, and I started playing with him. I pl- started playing in his band. And it was awesome. I loved it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, so the record with Harrison, you know, we mixed together. We we did that stuff together. But um, this is my first uh, record that I'm truly, I I guess, leading. Although, of course, it's thanks to um, also all of the contributions of... Of um, well, Jody and Nick and Sheldon and Corey, you know, um, who run Cellar Live. So, um, and also I should say, you know, Nora and Will, the the home the homeowners of that of that house that we recorded in, they were um, so generous, um, and uh, their it's such a warm space to be in. And then their piano is stunning, like truly beautiful. Yeah. It stayed. It was immaculate yeah i awesome. truly loved that piano yeah.
0: yeah no shout out to them too for sure yeah that's yeah. a big role <laughs> yeah 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 now i gotta go back and listen to that harrison Argatoff record That's <laughs> funny <laughs> so you decided to go out there as maybe a 19 year old or so yeah to go do that undergrad program right yeah after growing up here i think i first heard you play did you ever used to go to the pats jam when you were really young i think that's the first time i ever heard you play like probably coming up on nine or ten years ago now you would have you would have showed up there and and played a little bit but then after that you went to u of t right
1: yes i wanted to study with david braid and um and so i got to study with him for three years yeah And I learned so much um, through him. Um, uh, Yeah, there's a lot of me that comes from what I learned through him, for sure. Um, And then I got to study with Dave Restivo, who now lives, you know, uh, I mean, a a bit, you know, it takes a little while to get to where he is from Vancouver, but yeah, Nelson so but he's now here in in bc so that's awesome and then um jim vivian i got to study with jim vivian Mm -hmm. which was awesome i
0: reviewed dave's Juno nominated album arachina and jim yeah jim vivian played on that record so i didn't get to meet them but yeah i I enjoyed that that's Hmm. another that's another good uh piano trio record he's got a featured vocalist yeah um, yeah yeah partner on some of the tracks but yes yeah yeah that's a great record yeah that that is a good record so how did it come to happen on Seller? How did this happen this way and not go in the Pixies route where Ben puts yeah. it out on his own? How did how did you get ramped onto this part of the process? Now, this is the first time that you're really in the driver's seat on yeah. a full production thing.
1: Yeah, um, well, uh, really it was that I played a gig at Frankie's and um, I, f- I knew that I needed to put... S- I needed to put something out. I mean, it's not out yet, so I guess I still need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it will be out, you know. <laughs> don't jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Um, but uh, I needed to put something out to um, uh, share who I am as uh, you know, as as an artist, you know. Um, and uh, and I felt like it was the right time. And um, I knew that uh, putting it out on on Cellar Live would be a great um, opportunity. And, uh, so I played a gig at Frankie's, which I believe Corey was playing on actually, um, as well. And so I approached him after the gig, uh, and I asked him, uh, if he would consider ha- you know, having that record on, on, uh, on seller, and, and he agreed to that and that's how it went. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for that.
0: And it was still just an idea at that point. Yes, yes, As opposed to it being fully recorded and stuff. Yes, yeah. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
1: like, could we do this? And, and, uh, and he was very kind to, uh, to say yes. So that's really interesting because I
0: work for a, an American small jazz mm-hmm. label. And a lot of people who work at labels, the way that they get submissions and the way they do stuff is people send finished right. recordings Right, like, and you know, a lot of things are finished. It's not obviously not everything is finished because you haven't set a release date in stone yet. If you're yeah. still looking for a label to release it with, but a lot of the time when people talk about, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna shop my project around to labels, it's like you have the masters done and right. you have the artwork done. Yeah. And so if you're going out there and you're gonna submit to different labels who could be anywhere really, like depending on whatever you think fits with your music, that's yeah. what you have to do. But this is the magic of doing it within your own city and your own community is that you don't have to do it that way, that formal way or that online way that you'd have to do it if you're submitting to all these different places. If you know the right person, you know each other, you can start from the idea and you can approach And they actually want you to because then they feel like they're part of the journey a little bit more than if you just showed up and you had already recorded everything. And like, that's great too. Like that's how it's usually done out there. But it may be... It's it's even more special if you know when you do it with somebody in your own community, you start with them from the idea phase, right? For sure,
1: yeah. Well, it's it's a you know Corey um, said it himself, like it's a collaboration. You know, um, uh, we're we're working on this together, and um, the music that I crafted for this record is um considerate of the label and and the musical landscape that that label sort of has crafted for itself. Um my music is still uh, you know, a slight deviation from from that, but I was very much aware of that and, and tried to to um to do something that that fit within that and and uh felt really nice uh, within that labels musical context yeah
0: yeah and that's great because you know that he's bought in like at this point you know that even though you didn't try and like just copy their formula or their (laughs) genre or whatever you know that because he's been in since the beginning that when you go and promote it like he's already kind of implied to you that oh, I, I believe I can promote this with you. And like, it's not too far out of my wheelhouse. Like I'll still be able to do the promotion for it and it'll still make sense and we'll get good results for you because you fit it enough, right? Yeah. Like it's not too far yeah, away that he it. wouldn't know what to do with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Working with him is is great. It's been, yeah, it, he's, he's awesome to work with for that. Yeah. Nice.
0: We'll get back to the conversation with Noah in a second, but first... We are on a drive to welcome 50 new subscribers to the update subscription at rhythmchanges.ca as we get into 2023. You should be one of them. Join us, get the exclusive column that I write on Fridays to the subscribers and take a discount while you're at it. As a loyal listener of this show, go to rhythmchanges.ca slash update to get a discount. Join us in our subscriber drive early this year. Thanks again. Go to rhythmchanges.ca slash update. Link in the description. Let's get back to the conversation with Noah. Thanks. Thanks. there's another group that you do that you have been doing that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. yet. And we've talked about two amazing rhythm sections, yes. right? We've talked about, I think you know where I'm going <laughs> yeah. with this. We talked about Millie and Eli, where you, you got to play with them once for Ben Frost, Fixies. Yeah. We talked about Jody and Nick who are huge, important parts of your musical life here. But now I want to talk about David Caballero and Arvin mm-hmm. Ramdas. Mm-hmm. So I've heard you play several times mm-hmm. Ah, uh, the ten penny trio is is what you've called the group. Mm-hmm. Ardashir has often played with you. Yes, um, i i met I met you guys as a unit as you started to to play around more, and I didn't get to see a lot into the background because they were coming up at CAP in the last handful of years, right? And so. Tell me about this. What's yeah. the story of this group? Where did that come from? And, and yeah. this, this is now the third amazing rhythm section that you get <laughs> to play with on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: So um, it all started um, when I first moved back to Vancouver. I was hired to be the musical director for a tap dance show uh, oh. through the Vancouver Tap Society. So I needed to find a band, and I had just moved back to town, so I didn't know everybody. Um, and, um, uh, I was talking to Conrad Good, Mm -hmm. um, who, um, referred me to Arvind. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I hired Arvind to play on that gig and we got along really well. I, I, you know, first of all, I loved playing with him and secondly, um, uh, we just loved hanging out with one another. I remember uh, before the first performance of that set of shows, um, Arvind and I were hanging out in the back of, of the hall. It, it was at uh, the Orf, Orf, uh, one of the smaller venues at the VSO. And we were in the back and Arvind was showing me different stick you know, um, stick techniques to do, uh, with, with the drums and whatnot. And that was super fun. Nice. Um, so, um, so that's how I met Arvin. And from there, we just developed a friendship and and a musical, um, relationship. Uh, and, and he said, you know, I, I know this great bass player na- named David Caballero and, and, uh, we should play together, um, because we have similar musical interests, and so we got together and um, we started playing some Herbie Nichols compositions together because we, we all of us really love his music. And from there, we started to share original compositions. And, um, and yeah, I love playing with, with those two um, due to the. Uh, yeah. The willingness to, to take risks, you know, I I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm all about. You know, I, I want to do things that feel unfamiliar. Uh, I want to do things that, uh, you know, musically are reaching for something that is not comfortable. Um, that isn't easy, you know, that leads us to things that we didn't even know that we were capable of doing. Um, so and and c- sort of communal music building you know doing things together building building something together so uh that certainly happens with Arvind and David um we when we play together it's exciting you know Arvind and David are not only great uh mu- you know musicians on their own instruments but also incredible composers Arvind composes beautiful music like truly stunning music and and uh his his approach towards melodicism has informed mine very much so um and uh and david uh when when he brings in a tune it's very cool it's very intricate and it's got this kind of you know uh yeah i'll i'll use the word hipness you know it's got this like hipness to it um um So, uh, yeah, it's just incredibly fulfilling to play with them. Um, and I always feel like we've gone somewhere, uh, when we play together, we've, we've explored some strange musical world, you know, (laughs) um, which is what I absolutely love. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think you played the loudest show that's ever been played at second floor <laughs> Gastown. I was at that one. Artistry was there. Oh, so it was yeah. quartet at second floor, yeah. so that's already unusual. But yeah. you, you were just going hard yeah, at, we at that show. And that was I don't I don't think it was your first show, but it was one of your earlier no. ones and yeah. and you did more since then. Like you did more at Frankie's mm-hmm. after that. And mm-hmm.
1: what was your actual first show with with that group? Our first gig I can't remember whether it was Second floor back when Dave was running second floor? Yeah. Or if it was a Frankie's show. I believe it was a sec I yeah. No, I think it was second floor. Yeah, yeah I think our first gig together was at second floor. Yeah. What about yeah. Tyrant? You I know you played there too as We've, well. Maybe after yeah, that. Yeah. As the ten penny trio, we played a gig at Tyrant. That was super fun. Um uh we we took a crack at this suite of music that I wrote. Uh, called the Great Flame Suite, which has some pretty experimental sections to it. Um, and then we did a lot of Arvin's original compositions, and uh, and Dan, who runs Tyrant, is awesome mm-hmm. and uh, was super on board for our musical decisions about that concert, and um, and that was very much appreciated. And uh, I mean, Tyrant is great, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the vibe is so great.
0: They don't make spaces like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, uh, I've played with Dan a couple of times hmm. in his group. So I appreciate his, his whole deal. He's a good guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's good to have him.
0: Have you recorded at all? Maybe demos and stuff. I know you've done, but like with the Tenpenny Trio.
1: Yes. Uh, we were trying to set something up while I was here, actually. Uh, just like a DIY recording session with Artishear as our sound mm-hmm. engineer. Nice, um, But uh, dates didn't line up. However, uh, we're aiming to record something uh, this summer. But yeah, you know, there's there's a sort of bombastic grittiness to that band. So it's only appropriate that our first record would have this kind of basement tapes vibe, you know? (laughs) So, uh, we might even record it, um, uh, in, in, um, uh, (laughs) what we call the, the 10 penny headquarters, you know, (laughs) which you're probably familiar with. It's just Arvin's place. You know, he's got a great setup, a beautiful piano, great drums. And, um, so we're, that's definitely in the works. Recording something with 10 penny is certainly in the works. Yeah.
0: Nice. And that would be a different, like you wouldn't be taking that to, to Corey. I don't no, think.
1: No, no. And that would be, you know, this trio that I just recorded, that's my trio. The 10 penny trio, that's us a as collective. a collective. Yeah. yeah totally. That's a, it's a separate it Comes thing. across.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, because like Arvin, I know he has a big role in it and <laughs> Arvin and David talk about two peas in a pod with the other people. Yeah, like All three of these rhythm sections are so so their own thing and so yeah. combined. So they, they will have their own input into that as well. Yeah. There's one tune that I've heard at every gig, I hmm. think, by the 10 Patriots. I think it's your tune. It's hmm. like this almost blues in c minor or something that has this kind of power chord riffing and stuff and is this a tune that you wrote a while ago or is this like a 10 penny trio tune what is that no
1: yeah that's a tune that i wrote quite a long time ago okay yeah um yeah and it was simply reflective of some things that were going on uh in the musical community in toronto when i was there um okay but but anyway, so, so, it, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good song that I like to play. Uh, um, yeah, because it, it always brings, it, What's it brings, called? A, it's called with raised voices. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it brings uh, a lot out of every musician. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it's easy to memorize. So <laughs> yeah. it's a, it is a blues. Right? It is. It's yeah. blues. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a minor blues. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you yeah we don't have to get into any particular Toronto stuff but mm-hmm. when you finished your your bachelor's mm-hmm. in Toronto you knew you wanted to come back here
1: yeah so uh, well actually no I I didn't um, um when I graduated from U of T I was lucky enough to have some cool work set up um so as soon as I graduated I went on tour with um harry vetro who's a yeah yeah. he played
0: on the it was our last review of 2022 harry bartlett wildwood yes so
1: yeah so um harry so i played in northern ranger which is harry's uh group uh um and um and so we went on tour we did a it was one of the greatest times of my life we toured across uh eastern canada um and after that, I had a grant to go study with John Hollandbeck in Montreal, and I stayed with my grandmother. Nice. Um, and from there, I went to Calgary, and I worked as the musical director and composer for a tap dance sh- production. Wow. That So I was coming into, I was staying with some family friends, and I would transit into downtown Calgary every morning, and uh, go into uh, DJD, decidedly Jazz Dance, into the studio and build music for this show. Wow. So, so I was writing the music uh, um, with Danny Nielsen, the the tap dancer, the choreographer, and and. Um, and so I would write the music, and then go over to the beautiful Calgary Public Library—I don't know the official name, but like the Central Public Library—that I absolutely love. And I would build, you know, make these charts, and then come back in, and then make some edits the next day. And and it was an incredibly fulfilling and um and uh and uh, fulfilling and insightful experience. I learned a lot. Wow. I learned a lot about how to be um, a collaborator and, um, and how to work with dance, you know, I, I've done a lot of work with dance now. So, and you said you started doing that in Vancouver as well. A while ago you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then from Calgary, I went on tour with Harry again, we toured Europe, we were in various towns in Europe, then we came. So then, and then by then it's Christmas time. Um, what year is this this is 2019 2019
0: oh okay. yeah, yeah so just before that's yeah. it so then yeah. i
1: come back to toronto i find a job as a ballet uh, accompanist keeping with the dance thing that's yeah. it yeah uh and i start teaching and then COVID hits yeah. and okay. so so i had every intention to stay in toronto um uh and then you know uh naturally um the uh, amount of personal reflection that occurred over the pandemic led me to decide to, uh, move to Vancouver, which I am, uh, incredibly, um, uh, uh, I'm happy with that yeah. decision to move yeah. back, to back, to move come back, back here, to Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I left a year later, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 it was exactly the thing that I needed to do. Um, and things turned out really well. I came out here and started working at the VSO, teaching at the VSO, and uh, working as a ballet accompanist at Arts Umbrella and Shadbolt. Um, and, uh, and then by the end of my time, right before I left for New York, I started doing some subbing um, for the warm-up classes at, um, at uh, B- Ballet BC. Um, and so... And then yeah of course I developed some of the most um uh important relationships in my life you know uh with with my bandmates and also my partner and my new friends here and so uh um yeah so it, it was a great decision to come back here and this this is home this is certainly home for me wow yeah
0: that's so cool that's a great Um, overview of a lot of parts of your background that some people may not know about if they're just hearing you as a local jazz piano player yeah that's awesome I know you said oh and then I left a month later I want to talk about New York Mm -hmm. because I want to hear about your Mm -hmm. your recent months experience there but I want to I want to just hop back to some of those places that you toured to because you, Mm -hmm. you flew past them and I, I want to, I want to (laughs) investigate a little bit more because I've been, I've been to Europe a little bit and I've been to Eastern Canada a little bit. And I'm just curious, let's start with Europe. So where did
1: you go when you were playing there? We were in the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, We met up in Paris. We, yeah. So we went to Prague as well. So yeah, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia so those those it was towns over there that we were in wow okay. um yeah and it was uh it was awesome it was super awesome yeah. what
0: was it what was the day-to-day of it like like was this really fast paced and you were going from
1: place to place or did you have time yeah. to hang out um it was uh every day uh yeah we went to uh to a different town <laughs> Wow, wow <okay, laughs> um yeah. so and um being on the train, lots of train time <laughs> yeah. um and uh yeah, lots of train time, uh sleeping in a different place, not a lot of sleep, you gotta get up at six a m to get to your next spot and play your concert and uh you know be on the train and reflect a lot on your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: uh yeah, that's funny, yeah, what about uh Eastern Canada. Where would you go? I haven't yeah. been to Newfoundland, but I've been to the other Atlantic provinces. Yeah, I've been to the Maritimes.
1: So we went from from Toronto all the way to Prince Edward Island. Nice. Um, and we it was drove. A, yeah, we yeah. drove. Um, so we played in various areas. Uh, we played uh, yeah, Prince Edward Island. Halifax. So that was in uh, Charlottetown. Um, Halifax, uh, we played in St. Andrews, just this smaller town, which was super fun. That was a super rock and roll night. <laughs> it was like, we played in the local bar. Everything else was closed everybody was in that bar and we just looked at each other We're like okay we're really playing rock and roll tonight like we're really going for it uh <laughs> like we don't play rock and roll but you know tried to bring that energy yeah um, it's an instrumental group right like yeah. this one yeah yeah it yeah. was it was violin piano bass and drums nice um and
0: they dug it you, you, that yeah they worked loved it. it nice yeah, yeah they yeah. loved it
1: yeah. um And then we, yeah, we played in Quebec, you know. um, I think we were in Rimouski. Oh, yeah. uh, Montreal. Did we play? We didn't play in Quebec City, but we stopped by. We stayed in uh, a town called riviere du loup which was a very cool town, yeah. Um, And then we also did, like, northern Ontario a bit. We went to, oh, now I'm for, well, yeah, we went to North North Bay. So not, like, super-duper north, but... um, but, you know, still North. When Bay. you're in Toronto, it feels really far away. Yeah, that's it. Um, and we played in, and then, you know, we played in places nearby Toronto uh, at the end of our tour. We played in Sudbury. We played in, I'm forgetting the town now. It was a town near like Kingston or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we did that. And the the year before, we did a bit of a Western Canadian tour. We played... uh Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: You played like clubs or festivals? Or, yeah, we yeah.
1: played um Yardbird Suite, the yeah. basement yeah. in Saskatoon. Um uh what's it called in uh Calgary? Um Ironwood. Ironwood Grill. Ironwood, yeah. that's it. Um, and then Frankies. Um so yeah, that was that was awesome. That was great. Uh, That was my first touring experience, that Western Canadian tour. Um, Was it what you were expecting
0: when you were getting hyped for it, when you were getting ready to
1: go? uh, I guess I didn't know really what to expect. expect. Uh, It was was a blast, you know. Um, I got to play music with my friends, music that I loved, and I got to see parts of the country that I had never seen before. Um, And, you know uh tours can go one way or another, but we we were treated very well um, by the people hosting us and the and the venues um, I say tours can go one way or another because you know you hear the horror stories of something going wrong. Nothing ever went wrong uh, on any tour that i've ever been on nice. so uh luckily so um, um uh so yeah I- I'd say um it was a, an incredibly Um, enjoyable experience yeah I I love I love playing the same music every night and trying to find a new avenue you know through the songs uh for each night so um it's it's something that I I very much enjoy yeah Yeah. so you're gonna do your album release for the fall of this year
0: right that seems to imply you know, we're talking about touring. Mm-hmm. Tour twenty twenty four coming up yeah. for your group. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: I'm thinking like uh I'm now that's now part of where my brain is at. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean there's a lot of things that I have to consider right now. Uh uh-huh. um but but one of them is yeah, a year from now, once I complete my program in New York, um uh i I should I, I need to tour this music so I need to apply for grant funding for that um and uh I need to start booking so ideally I'm hoping to try to hit those um yeah those those venues uh in western Canada and and uh you know the prairies because uh there's incredibly um those venues are great you know the Yardbird Suite is amazing in Edmonton um the basement is Really, really fun to play in. Um and the you know, people there are really, really nice. Um and um and I'd love to share the music with them. So yeah I could
0: manifest you playing at Bucking Jam Palace. Right oh now. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <We can laughs> oh yeah, Bucking Jam.
1: Uh, I've never played there, but I've been there and Well who'd um, you see? Well actually I I didn't see anything I I just uh, I I know Lisa through a a friend I I've I've worked with her son John so I've played with John Buck um so I've uh and then of course Lisa and Jody have a very strong mm-hmm. relationship so when she came over for Osteria Auster, the Austera project's debut uh performance I met Lisa there as well um and um so yeah bucking jam is the best uh, f- uh at, from what I've heard and f- from what i've seen um uh and I would certainly love to play at Bucking Jam, yeah, yeah that's the nice thing about having a long
0: lead time is you can think about stuff like this. I know mm-hmm. you just said i gotta start booking, but like yeah you, you gotta start booking once the album is done and mm-hmm. once all the materials are ready and stuff you' think yeah. you gotta start thinking about it yeah right you now, gotta right? start
1: yeah you, you as you know uh we're always hustling, you know yeah. we're either we're as artists, we're either uh, re- reflecting and then thinking about what our next step is, and then we're acting on those next steps, and then we're seeing those next steps through. So it's yeah. a constant process. Yeah.
0: So, how's New York? What was, how'd you end up making that happen this past mm-hmm. fall when you arrived? What did it feel like? Yeah. How's this
1: been over the last semester? Yeah. So, um, I applied for a program that seemed really, really interesting to me, uh, called the Performer Composer Program uh, at the New School, um, and uh, received a-, a scholarship, which allowed me to to move out there and and, and do the program, um, and and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Of course, uh, incredibly grateful, um, and um, so I moved out there. And let's see, how do I put it into words, you know? it. Well, first of all, it's been very fruitful. It's been very fruitful. It's been very formative um, and it's been very positive. Uh, New York is a very intense place. I work really hard. Uh, I push myself really hard. And so I've gone out and tried to make relationships and, and connections and, and I've gotten to play with some really great people. So. Um I'm very interested in film scoring as well. So I've been really pushing that front while I'm out there. Um so I've gotten to collaborate on two uh short films. Um uh one is like a documentary and the other's this short horror film, and I wrote the music for that. Um and then uh right before leaving for Vancouver, I, I was hired to play on a recording session. Um so the album was was uh, led by Tima Veloz, uh who is good. I met him. Uh, he's a good friend of David Blake, uh, David Blake's, right? He in, in New D- York. That's yeah. it. So we were playing together and T- Tima hired me to play on his album. And um, Jerome Harris was playing on bass. And Jerome is a legend that he toured with Sonny Rollins and... Um uh played uh with Julius Hemphill. I mean he's played with so many people and has so many stories to tell, you know, Jack Dejanet, you know, you name it. So um to be able to play with him and hang out with him and hear what he has to say both on his instrument and just at the table, you know, when we're hanging out has been, uh, life change. Yeah. Life changing. I would say, wow. I, I, I mean, how, how, I can't really say it. like, I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful yeah. to have been able to play with those musicians, those incredible musicians. Um, we rehearsed twice and then spent a day in bunker studios in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, which was a beautiful studio. And, um, and uh yeah i had a blast i had a complete blast um i've been playing um sessions with a tenor sax player named lena block uh she's um um a, an incredible tenor sax player who spent uh like 15 years studying with uh, lee konitz and wow. and you know hanging out with him and playing with him and um so I go over to her house and just, uh, you know, or like we play a session somewhere and she brings in her compositions, which are, they're always very intricate and very interesting. And, and her, her sense of melodicism is, you know, on a whole other level, you know? (laughs) Um, so I've been able to play with her a lot and talk music and composition with her. Um, and, uh, that's been incredible, um, and then I've also been hanging out with the more sort of free improvised communities, both electronic and and uh, acoustic, uh, in New York. So I've got this sort of trio um, going on uh, with uh, a flautist and a vocalist and electronic artist. Um, we play compositions and improvisations together. Uh, Samantha coaches. Uh, and Lenny Kreinberg, so we get together and we play often. I was just messaging them like before this because Lenny just got um, the New Standards book by Terry Lynn Carrington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we want to play through some of that. Um, nice. And uh, that's been super fun to play with them and uh, just have fun doing things. Lenny's into like building, building synthesizers from the ground up.
0: Wow, is that like, what do you call a modular synth? Is that what that is? Or is that something well, else? I don't know. This yeah, is not not, my
1: world. not even. It's like uh, starting with what's called a breadboard or something like that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm not super, um, I'm really into uh, digital synths, like plugins. Like I, yeah. I work with Ableton a lot. Um, you know, with, with scoring and whatnot, you have to, so I know that stuff, but I really don't know anything about building a synthesizer. Um, so I don't know. Um, but, but, uh, um, Lenny, uh, yeah, it, it, it is, is building that sort of stuff, um, which is super cool. Uh, and we have a lot of fun. So, so those have been my main musical, um endeavors in new york in regards to collaborations with others uh and of course going to see shows like all the time and and playing sessions and but going to hear the music out there is incredible you know i i you can get a a monthly subscription to the jazz gallery which costs you $12, I mean American, but $12.50 per month. Wow. And you get into a lot of shows for free. That's awesome. Or for a a much smaller price. And that's been the best. You know, right before coming here, I got to hear Sullivan Fortner's trio. Um, I saw a project by Carolyn Davis, who I didn't, uh, um, I I wasn't super familiar with, with her music, but man, she is cool. She is so cool. Uh, and I'm gonna try to catch every show of hers from from now on when I'm free. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been incredibly fruitful, and uh, and and I've learned a lot, and uh, have grown a lot, and met really interesting artists. Uh, which I I hope to you know that those relationships just keep developing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's what you needed? Um. That's a good question. Um I don't know if like needed. I'm not quite <laughs> sure if, if need is is the right term, but um it was funny on my birthday, which happens during Jazz Fest. Uh I was waiting to hear back um about uh the new school and I was writing in my journal. Uh I was like at a show. The show was about to start. It was at Iron Works. It was um yeah, it was uh Darius Jones who I, oh, I yeah. who I, I I studied with. Um you know, I was at I was at a show at at yeah. Jazz Fest at Ironworks. And um I was wor- uh, writing in my journal and I was thinking, you know, I wrote something along the lines of feeling a little bit uh maybe it wasn't lost, but I felt like I needed to do something. I there, I needed to grow some more. Um and I was feeling uh, I, that I needed to be pushed in certain ways. Um, and perhaps moving to New York is the right way to do that. Of course, that's quite an undertaking. Um, but, um, I thought, yeah, this is, you know, there's an opportunity here and, and hopefully it works out and it did work out. Um, and, um, and so, uh, yeah, um, so maybe I did need it. I I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's whatever it means yeah, to you, right? Yeah. It's all good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to drop two, not people we know, but like legendary musicians' names, like established musician names that I really hear in you and mm. I'm sure are, are big influences to you mm. too and whatever reactions mm. you have or whatever you think of when when I bring up these names, I'm curious because they, they mean a lot to me as well, mm. but I, I feel like I hear them Hmm. In you and the first most
1: obvious one is Bud Powell, right? Yeah, yeah. I love Bud Powell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm happy that you say that. Um, it's nice to know that 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 music comes out in my playing. Totally um, does.
0: Even in the two tunes that you shared with me from the Night and Day that's sessions, great. you know, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I absolutely love Bud Powell. I've transcribed a lot of Bud Powell. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Bud Powell. Um, I, you know, okay. Yeah. And we're, we're gonna, we're gonna geek out here a little (laughs) bit. Um, when I've transcribed Bud Powell, what I've noticed is that of course, you know, he's playing some highly refined bebop vocabulary, you know, like some, the real deal, you know, Mm -hmm. this is some Charlie Parker stuff, of course, because Charlie Parker was a contemporary of his. They played together all the time, you yeah. know, for a period of time. And um and um and some of his lines I found, perhaps for my hands, because every pianist has different, you know, hands, for me it was it was quite challenging sometimes to 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 jump around the piano the way he did, and at the speed at which he did, you know. Um so um, I guess all I can say is you know pure genius, <laughs> you know pure genius, pure, um, energy and uh precision and just beauty, just sheer beauty. Uh, I will gladly listen to Bud Powell at any time of day. Yeah,
0: nice. And then this is somebody who I'm not not sure where he would rank among mm-hmm. your influences, but I he recently passed away relatively and I was hmm. lucky enough that I got to hear him a couple times in Vancouver in different situations. Hmm. Chick Korea.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yes, certainly, certainly, yeah. um, um, that his playing has definitely influenced me a lot. Um, I guess there's just such like the vocabulary that chick drew from a variety of well actually of bud, right? Oh, he would yeah. yeah, he was very fond of Bud, equally fond of Felonious Monk. Uh and then, you know, his interest in Bartok's music, um, and then McCoy Tyner, just the amalgamation of those musical vocabularies just placed in there with his precision And also his curiosity, right? You know, you listen to and you see it in his face when he's playing. Just that complete curiosity. And you see it in
0: yours too. Yeah. Just so people know. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, that's true.
1: So, yeah, yeah, certainly. And and Chick Corea's time feel is is so cool, you know. Um, I've definitely loved, you know, the way... um, you know, he plays over that tune, Matrix, and you know, mm-hmm. just just that time field, the burning precision of it all. Yeah, yeah.
0: I got so lost in the track on that album, mm-hmm. uh, track one, the yeah. Steps, and what, oh yeah, my that God. one. Yeah, that's oh what I think God. of the most, more even yeah. more so than Matrix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know Matrix is like a big thing for Brad Turner, and oh, I, yeah? I remember hearing about it from like huh. he told me to listen to that album. I guess okay. at some point, but I guess he singled out that track hmm. Interesting. for me at some point back in the day. Um and then the the third name is and we're we're kind of contemporaries here so mm-hmm. that fits in too but somebody who uh shifted my generation when he dropped the album Invisible Cinema hmm. uh Aaron Parks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and everything he's done since. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, you know uh okay, so would I say that he's been a huge influence on me? Maybe not. Um I've actually uh only really dove into I only really dove into his music within the past few years I would say say when you and I were just starting off uh-huh. you know I wasn't actually listening to his music very much uh I did listen to that record um but it's only more recently within the past 2 or 3 years that I've gotten into his music and of course it's incredible and it's beautiful um I got to catch him at the jazz gallery, uh, not too long ago, and it was just stunning. Just the touch that he that that he has on the instrument, just the sound that he produces, and of course his compositions are very special. Um, so, yeah, I would say that perhaps uh, in the in the earlier years of my development, not so much, but now for sure, I, I very much enjoy listening to. And when I when I was younger, I enjoyed listening to him but if i'm honest i was far too obsessed with brad meldow <laughs> okay yeah um, there you go yeah but but if we're talking about influences um i would certainly say that right now pianists such as uh vijay Iyer and and jason Moran and craig Taborn and chris Davis um those are the pianists that I really love and, and digging into the music of Andrew Hill and Herbie Nichols. And of course, uh, Thelonious Monk. Um, um, and, and then going back, you know, I love listening to jelly roll Morton. You know, I truly love listening to jelly roll Morton and James P Johnson. And there's a lineage there and Duke Duke's, you know, I find, of course we always, uh, uh, we of course Duke w- was one of the greatest composers of the 20th century. You know, just period. Of anything, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. But as a pianist as well, he was incredibly unique and special. And I've learned so much from listening to Duke Ellington's piano playing. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So th- those are some influences for sure.
0: I haven't heard it yet. You're talking about the lineage too and you mentioned Jason Moran, but mm-hmm. he dropped a project recently. Yes. you heard, I haven't listened to this yes. yet? Yeah.
1: Is this is cool the music of James. James Europe. Reese Europe. That's it. Yeah. The Harlem Hellfighters. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I, I've been. That's actually the only record I've been listening to since it dropped, which was on, I think, New very, Year's very recently. Day. I think it was New Year's yeah. Day. Yeah. So that's yeah. all I've been listening to. It's, it's incredible. I highly, highly recommend listening to it. Uh, I mean, Jason Moran is, is one of the greatest artists, you know, yeah. <laughs> right now. I, I, I admire him so much and community builder as well. Um, you know, he does a lot of work for the community nice
0: well this has been phenomenal i i enjoyed all the the different parts of this from like the rhythm sections the the amazing duos that you've been playing with as a pianist hearing about your different projects all this tour stuff and dance stuff that mm-hmm. i didn't really yeah think about even coming in here and, yeah. and all the other stuff so thanks so much for yeah. taking the time while you're back here I wish you all the best your second semester at New York. And thanks. thanks again for coming on the show. man. Thanks,
1: Will. Yeah, I appreciate it. That was fun.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you like what you heard, I'm going deeper into the podcasting game this year in 2023. I am co-producing, not hosting, just working on the back end of another show called Pacific Sound Radio, which is also a Vancouver music interview show. In fact, it's the longest running one in the city, deals with all genres, and there's a new episode of Pacific Sound Radio out right now. Find Pacific Sound Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you next time.